What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of Love God, Love Sex Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Heath Maxwell. I'm your other co-host, Jamie. What's yeah, good, everybody? Happy Black History Month. Getting it in. Mm-hmm. One more again, Black History Month. I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. I'm black. black. <laughs> you man, I forgot what his name was. Dead Man, Dead Man Alan X. Payne. Yeah, well, I forgot his name was in the uh, CB4 movie. Uh, yeah. So this episode, we're talking about the power of black sex, but before we get into it, I want you to check us out on our socials at love God, love sex pod, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Also, we have an email connect at love God, love sex podcast.net open to any show ideas, suggestions, comments, or feedback. So let's get right into it. So the power of, uh, of black sex, uh, this episode's about uh, the influence of black sex on American culture and sex life. And we want to get it started by talking about the fetishization of black bodies, how black bodies have been fetishized since the time of chattel slavery, all the way up to present era. And, you know, being fetishized is interesting because sometimes people lean into being fetishized and sometimes people li- really literally lean out of it. So let's, let's get into it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so when I say fetishization of black bodies, what does that mean to you? Uh, well, I'll tell you what comes to mind yeah. is the overly, overly developed uh, rear end mm. or curves of a black woman or, you know, just a stereotype that black men are, you know, well hung more than anyone else. So that's the fetishization to me. Like, I feel like that it sometimes can drive people's, uh, excuse me, it can drive people's desire uh, to interact intimately with us. Um, and I honestly, bro, like, I really feel like that is not something that we should shy away from. I mean, I think there is a natural draw to melanated bodies. And as long as somebody is not diminishing you to that or, you know, solely defining you by those things, these these tropes, these stereotypes, these stigmas, like I feel like it is something to lean into. That's why I pointed at myself. I, as much as I don't really subscribe to a whole lot of racial narratives, I do enjoy being a, like, I, I love being a black man. And and I love what sometimes comes with being a black man, the way people approach you, the way people talk to you, the way people interact with, with me, I'll say with me. Um, and it's not like, I, it's not something that I, I shy away from. Yeah. But I do think there's that negative side to it. Um, obviously, if, if, again, if somebody is diminishing you mm-hmm. to that, if all you are to them are the hung black man, or if all you are to them are, you know, the key toy with the big fat butt and you know what I'm saying? Uh, if that's all you are to them, then I think that is when fetishization uh, becomes yeah. an issue. When I think of the fetishization of black bodies, I think about the ways in which black people have been the basis for sex experimentation. Mm. So, mm-hmm. right. This idea that, you know, masters would rape black women, use their bodies as an almost initiation, right for uh, their sons and for themselves, uh, the ways in which, right, you really ain't had sex until you've had it with a black body or with a black person. You know, uh, this idea of wanting to hook up or be with a black person because you then become a mature sexual adult, 
right? So the mm. black body mm-hmm. then becomes this this tape that your body has to break in the race of sex in order to be crowned a champion or a winner. And I think that's when I think about the fetishization, the ways in which black people, um, black bodies, and I think this matters, it doesn't matter your sexual orientation, there's something about the mystique of the black body and it's using it as a rite of passage into sexual maturity. Mm. And so that's the mm. first thing I think about, which to me is inherently negative because, you know, for me, you get all the, the body and none of the person. Mm. Mm-hmm. All the body and none of the person. You know, it's kind of like that phrase that's emerged on the internet in the last 10 years, right? You all love black culture, but you don't love black people. Don't love black people. You'll take yeah. black culture. Or everybody every, want to be black week, until. Right? You know, you, but you won't take black people. And so I mean, I remember thinking, or remember reading rather, there was a story about JFK, and I think him and his brother lost their virginity in a brothel in Harlem, they said, but he was like, it was with a white woman. And it just rem- reminded me of just being like a little, hmm, how many white women were work sex workers were there at that time in Harlem in, I would say, I think he, that might have been the 40s. I know he was in World War II, so maybe in the 30s. I just don't know. He, you know, he he could have been telling the truth. What do I know? You know, but uh, I would presume not many. Not many. Just just by the way Harlem was populated back then. I mean, obviously you had uh, the the east side of Harlem, which was you know more Italian and uh, Latino American. But you know, I I don't know if there was where a lot of white female sex workers. In, especially in brothels. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you, unless you were, unless you were downtown at like one of, and I mean, this is even before him at, at one of like Lucky yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, that like was that. you know it was I mean? around him because Lucky was getting ready to go up at, at that time. So yeah, some somewhat somewhat there, somewhat there. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. I'm I'm just saying I, I would just presume that there weren't a lot of white female workers for him to lose his virginity to. In Harlem, at a brothel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't. I mean, I would assume that to your point about that experimentation or rites of passage is like if you can conquer the black woman, then you've reached another level of sexual. Oh, maturity. for sure. So and maybe maybe that is why you know it's looked at as that kind of rites. Oh, of I passage. agree. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, so you know, when we think about this fetishization, though. What ways do you think it's still happening today? And what ways do you see it? And I'll get started. I mean, when I get on TikTok, it's funny. Because when you're on the clock app, as we learned, that's another name for TikTok. You'll see all these odes, for example, to black men, but it's coming from non-black women. So, right, you know, I love you, black man. I love you, black. Have you seen that? that, that yeah, yeah, I have. That's very yeah, trendy. So I, that's a big, like, you know trending sound as they say on tiktok but then i've seen all uh-huh. these like young white women especially like teenagers and i mean teenagers not 13 year olds but i mean 18 19 year olds being like oh, i love black men i love black men i love black men i'm just like yo this is just really on some next level stuff that we're only what 50 years 60 years from the loving you know the supreme court case the loving mm-hmm. couple to be yeah. where we're at now and you're just seeing a lot of people just say they love black men um, especially white women to black men. And you see some white men to black women and, and everything in between, other folk. And, but I mean, there seems to be a desire to be with black people. And I just wonder how much of that is being with that person in their culture and who they are as far as big culture, 
Meaning, okay, are they situated mm-hmm. as a black person in the, in the larger culture, or what? How much does it mean uh, also being part of this their small C culture? Who they are? Do they like urban areas? Do they like living in rural areas? Do they like to skateboard versus they like to hang glide, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, what is your take on kind of what you're seeing around this trend? Uh, well, I've definitely seen that trend where non-black women are doing the "I love you, black man." Um, but I've also seen uh, one Asian woman in particular. I don't know her name, but she was speaking in reference to passport. Yeah, Filipino, she right? Was talking about how yeah, I think she was Filipino, but she, and she was talking about how she's never seen a race of men disrespect. Oh no, that's the Korean. Know. Yes, Korean woman uh, who was raised by a white. Yeah, oh, she's she, she was raised uh, by a white family, but she lives in Florida now. Yes, I know. He's KKK. It's like three Ks or two Ks and a three one eight. That's her like username. But I know you're talking about. And so, so I mean, I think there are non-black people who are championing or, you know, promoting black men and black women. Um, in terms of the fetishization, though, what I normally see is really around, you know, the stereotypes that we've been hearing about. You know what I'm saying? It's, I think it's gotten a little bit more covert now. Like, nobody wants to just outright say, this is the reason why, like... Black men is because I think they have Big you know bigger penises yeah. or whatever, or or there there's an expectation that they're a little bit more aggressive in bed or just aggressive in their approach. Period. So yeah, you know, I was recently watching a clip on, and I love this podcast, the Daily Wrap Up Crew. Shout yeah. out to them. They had this Russian girl on, and they she was talking about how all she really likes to date or prefer to date is black men and they were asking her why and she started off with this story talking about she's back in russia and there was a black man who learned russian did this commercial and it uh, you know for lack of a better word it went Mm. viral um this was obviously like years ago but it went viral it became like a really popular commercial and she thought wow it was really dope to see someone who doesn't look like her speak her language and then when she started when she got older and started to date black men i guess and got to know a bit more about them saw how they were different from what she was used to uh that's where her preference kind of came from like i like the experience i've had with people who don't look like me they still speak my language and you know there's that part of my culture that i don't have to give up but you know i i like the fact that she was talking about how i know that they they're never going to be monogamous, but as long as they take, as long as they're willing to take care of me and, you know, do all of the things that I need, I, I would prefer to be with a black man. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I've heard so many non-black women say that, and it's not necessarily because of the member or the big penis, but the fetish, the fetishization, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that yeah, word exactly. is so hard say to that say. that five times in a row. Um, <laughs> The fetishization um, comes from, I think, again, when you just diminish people to these stereotypes and stigmas. Yeah. If you have a genuine uh, preference and it comes from, like you talked about, more of who they are as a person. But but see, this is to me is is where it gets where you where we really got to get into the conversation of how can you prefer something, one thing when everyone in this group is not the same. Your, your experiences with mm. all black men are not going to be yes. the same. 
So how can you say black men are your preference? Yeah, because again, because everyone has a different small C culture, right? One one dude's in sports, right. one dude's not. He's in the weightlifting, and you know this one's over here yeah. into super church so going, super the mosque, and, and right, yeah, yeah, super mm-hmm. nerdy versus the jock. Absolutely. So it's just like, well, how can you say if all of them technically on paper are different, which they are? How can you have a preference saying I like black men, I like black women? And that's a very good question. I never thought about it that way. Because I have heard people say that if your preference is like, say, all black dudes, then may you got to ask what's behind that. Is there some kind of racism? Is there some kind of bias? Is there some kind of obsession? Or our classic word for today, fetishization behind that? Or is there some kind of genuine human connection and feelings behind that? And some people say, no, it can't be. Because if there was, you would be trying to connect with people who resonate with what you truly desire. Because you can find the jock right. guy who likes to read books by Noam Chomsky, but also still is works and wants to work in investment banking and bring all those kind of a, that eclectic mix of interest together in, in a Caucasian mm-hmm. man, in an Asian man, in a, uh, Asian a, a Asian South Asian man, Latino. a Southeast man, a, yeah. East Asian, you know what I mean? You could find that in anybody. So why are you focusing so much almost like with a magnifying glass on black men for these particular, you know, like this particular eclectic mix in the example I gave. I don't know. Especially if you're not from that yes. community. Like I, I can understand why a black woman would yes. be like, I just really, I prefer Yeah, because black you're man. from that community. Because you grew up. But you're right. going out Nine times outside of, of that community, searching and hunting, you know what I'm saying? Just walking through the streets <laughs> with your notebook of with your checklist, on. interviewing guys. Mm-hmm making sure that they meet your standards, but all the guys you're interviewing are black because you just figure, I got to find it here. I, I just don't know what that is. I once had a coworker tell me of about another coworker we had at the time. Uh, I think she had left a job. She was This woman was black, and we were just chatting, and she was like, yo, do you know this woman, the other coworker, coworker B, this is coworker A speaking about coworker B. She was white, and she was like, yo, I just love black men. I love the way that black men are when they're in the relationship. They take care of their woman. They treat them like queens. And I'm going to marry a black man. Now, I happen to think in her mind, co-worker B, the one who was making the comments, happens to think that black that way about black men because her perception of how black men treat white women because this what co-worker B was white. So she was just all about this is how black men are with white women and they just treat you so nice and treat you so kind, which is critique black men often get in the interracial relationships that they treat the non-black women better than they would a black woman in, in a relationship. It's not equal, but I just found it interesting. She said that cause I'm thinking, yo, there's so many good men out here that would treat you right. If you just are open to them and you want to find them, why a black man, and this woman's from a very predominantly all white community in Long Island uh, and I just didn't mm, understand. Very racist out there. So yeah, I know. Well, the, Long Island has a reputation <laughs> of being racist and and, and yeah. having, uh, you know, KKK was big out there, especially in the 30s, mm-hmm. the last big push, 1930s to be specific. So what is it out there or what is it out there that's allowing this person who's literally a blonde hair, like very skinny white woman to to desire that or to be there with that? you know, will be there in the sense of that, not the person, that meaning that relationship. And I was going to say, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's pulling from her experiences. Like maybe oh, yeah. she a couple of black men and that's been her experience. But for, again, for, for her to then 
paint all black men with that broad brush. Like that's the expectation that, you know, you can have of every black man for you to be like, I'm going to marry a black man. Like why? Like, how do you know that the black man you marry is going to treat you like the ones you've been with? Yeah. And let's take it a step further because that's relationship wise. And that's important to note, but let's take it a step further into black sex. So I remember back in the 80s, and I'm sure you do too, I'm sure Brothers in Newark was talking the same thing as Brothers in New York, how black men don't go down on women. That was like a big taboo in the black community. You don't provide kind of lingus. Big facts. <laughs> That's where a woman believes from. Be one of those all, yeah, that was, there was like one or two black men who was probably tasting, tasting women, mm-hmm. enjoying the universal waters. <laughs> I can go on and on about that, but we're not going to, that's a different of, episode. Of the fountain, of yeah, the enjoying the fountain of yeah. youth. Enjoying a woman's fountain of youth. Like, I mean, they weren't doing that. Yet, still in the 80s, there was the understanding black guys got big dicks and, you know, you want to you want to really get, you know, banged out. You got to go with a black guy and he'll do you right and mm. go along. But now I'm like, so why is this seeming to be when we know and recognize the key to woman's pleasure is providing cunnilingus? Black men weren't providing it or were known not to provide it, at least publicly. What they did privately, we don't know, but publicly. Why were they still desired? I I just, I I don't get it. I just think these are narratives that are- I think it goes- it goes back to the to the member. You know what I mean? All right, if I can't get the cunnilingus, I mean, I'm at least do the bang out, like you said. You know what I'm saying? And, and yo, for for some people, that's good enough. You know, you you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both in there. Kim Fields, mm. look at you fetishizing Kim Fields yeah, right geez. now. I was watching the single <laughs> recently. I was like, yo. Mm. Whew, regime was a th- honestly, bro. Erica Alexander too. All of the women, all of the women on that show, Queen Latifah included. Back then, you know, big girls weren't really yeah. desired back then. I, I've always loved big women BBWs because most of the women on my mom's side of the family yeah, are yeah. big, so that was like the first type of beauty yeah, that yeah, I was exposed yeah. to. Um, so I loved all of the women, mm, yeah, uh, Kim Cole, the different yeah, archetypes yeah, yeah, of yeah, women. Yeah. Uh, on living single, but you know, (laughs) I was going to say to go back to the conversation, um, that's the reason why I'm asking that. Like if you can't tell me that you just, as a non-black woman, that you expect all of the black men that you were to have future experiences with are going to live up to and meet the expectations of those set by the, you know, previous ones. I agree. Uh, And I agree. And it's, and so that's why I think it's, it, it kind of, points toward a little bit of that fetishization. Jeez, I can't say this word. Um, fetishizing. Yeah, perfect. perfect. <laughs> I think it, it points to that because it has to be about something more. Like, what are you not really exposing? What are you not revealing that makes you feel like, I, I can just paint every guy with this, every black man with this broad brush that the experiences I've had in the past, I'm guaranteed to have them again because I'm dating a black man. Like, it's just... I don't know. I mean, it, I think it would be the same on the other foot. Like, I know black men who have given up on sisters and being like, yo, I'm only yeah. dating white women. And I'm like, why? Why? You can't tell me that every black woman you know has an attitude or every black woman you know wants to challenge. Like, you can't tell me that. I agree. 
That's why that's why I can understand the backlash from black women towards some of these passport bros. Cause it's like, yo, even if you told me I just feel like I want to be with somebody, I just want to go abroad and I want to experience different cultures and and sleep around with different women or be with different women. I want to marry someone different. Even if you told me that and I was genuine, you don't have to belittle, demean, um, and shit on black women to do that. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. That, that's the, I think the thing that we should just like, just fr- yeah, pause, yeah, pause on, on it, frame that, <laughs> emblazon it, laminate it, <laughs> distribute that. Black women, tell us, t- for real, tell us what you feel about that. Like, I mean, I, I hear, I see a lot of it on, on TikTok, you know, people doing lives and whole panels about passport bros. And I'm like, on one hand, I feel like this is, is such a silly conversation. Because at the end of the day, I don't know why we become so enveloped with people's desires to do however they want to live their life. Like, okay, but I really feel like that the backlash comes from the fact that y'all feel like y'all need to put us down to validate why y'all. Yes, and And it's not. I'm in 110 percent like you know agreement with you. The the issue I have with it is not that dudes want to go overseas because that's been happening for for, for years now, decades now. For years, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's when I hear so many comments about American women and American women are going to be alone and American women are going to be single and no one wants to hear their mouth or their opinion. No one wants to talk to them. And then let's bring it down now to the level that we're at now talking about black people and black women. It becomes mm-hmm. another layer of judgment and, you know, they're loud, they're cantankerous, they're angry, they're bitter, they're this. All these negative tropes about black women that I find to be abhorrent and untrue. I mean, it's really just ungodly a lot of these comments about black women that are just flat out not true. Are you going to encounter people, and some will some of those people be black women, yes, who are nasty or you won't get along with. Absolutely. But I mean, I can't think of all the amazing black women I know who on all levels, spiritually, financially, professionally, sexually, physically are just amazing people and amazing at at just being themselves, which is what you ask anyone to be. Just be amazing at being yourself. And I just don't get the need, like you said, to denigrate black women just so because you want to go to an Eastern European country or an Asian country and or a South American country and get a wife. Go ahead and do you. Whatever. Like, I don't. Right. Yeah. What do I care? You know, that ain't paying, you know, they ain't paying my bills or helping me achieve my dreams. So what do I care? Uh, But, you know, I think when we talk about like the black body, especially black women's bodies, right, we talk about the ways in which I think. Black women are seen as having these voracious appetites for sex and that, you know, you know, again, they make you feel like a man. And I'm just thinking, mm. yo, but I've, I've probably heard that about every woman and every, from every culture. Irish women, Mediterranean women, uh, Iranian women, um, Korean women, Filipino women. I think some of these things are just there because America, and right, because we talked about American culture and a sex life, has this obsession with black bodies. We have an obsession with mm-hmm. black bodies. We are obsessed with how we can control black bodies, but how we can also, I think, exploit black sex labor. And then you see that, mm. I mean, like porn, I mean, like something like black is one of the top, and we've talked about this in the last season, one of the top 
you know, uh, porn sites. What is it about watching a black dude with a huge member just drilling a white woman? Why are we obsessed with that image? Not not just a white woman, uh, like almost like a teenage, young, little. Sometimes I think it's like it's older women. It's like the older looking professional woman, like sex in the sex in the, is it sex in the city or sex and the city? That's the Mandela effect. Sex and it's sex and, and the city. city. Uh, in another S-A-T-T-T. universe, it was sex yeah. in the city. Right, anyway, that's just my Mandela effect conspiracy theory joke, guys. Jeez, what's today? But but I mean, I don't know. For, based on what I've seen, it's usually like that young looking, very waif thin. Young white girl getting railed by like a black dude who's like buff and like you said, got yeah, super yeah, big dude, dude got to have a that dude, that dude member got to be long and strong, and his body got to be right. You can't have no can't be coming with no flabby body. Them Ron Jeremy days are over. Yeah, with. no, that's not happening. Over, over at least for with. black dudes, you can't be coming in with like no gut talking about like, you know. Just excuse me, I just came. Well, from you know, the doctor Shawn Michaels and Ju- and Julian Saint Jacques was never really in shape like that, bro. But uh, but Jake <laughs> Steve was. <laughs> And so was 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 your boy Mr. Marcus? I mean, he had like. I mean, they were lean. I mean, they were Marcus, lean. Like he was, he was a running back. They were back. lean. No, Mr. Marcus looked like he could have been a running back. He, he, that looked like a young Mike Tyson. <laughs> he have no neck. I'm talking about Brian Pumper type. He was another one. <laughs> Why do we know so much about black porn actors? Because I feel like we're yeah, but I mean, because I think well, right to your point, again, American. Culture and sex life. It's it's to obsess over yeah. the black body. Black people probably we do it to ourselves too. We just it's again, it's I've said before, some of these issues aren't just a black issue, they're an American issue. It's the way that we as Americans, mm. right, part of the citizenry of the republic, this is the way that we connect with black bodies. Not the main way, but I would say a prevalent way that we connect with black bodies. So why wouldn't we know who black porn stars are? Especially the black male ones who are drilling white chicks, because this is an obsession we have as American citizens. Why are we obsessed with this? That was my original question. Yeah. And I even think about now that you're talking about black porn actors and actresses, like you see the way that a white male interacts with a black woman in porn and is very Mm. different. Like, I, I mean... Not to out myself, but I just remember watching Janet Jackme perform oral sex on a white dude, and it was it just seemed like he he wanted to call her like a, a black bitch or a black yeah, whore yeah, and all. Yeah. And it's just like why why is yeah, that necessary? Yeah, yeah. Why can't you just enjoy the pleasure? Yeah, yeah, that's getting? like the WWE angle with Kurt Angle was uh, um trying to sleep with Charmel Booker T's wife, and it was like I just want to have beast sex with her, bestial sex. Remember wow, that? that's and crazy. And apparently Kurt Angle no, has I, said I that's crazy. that that Vince McMahon wanted to do that angle because I think Vince McMahon found out that he liked black women. So it was like this whole bestial sex kind of thing. But I think that's a big, again, we're talking about our obsession as Americans. Why is it right. that, right, again, black women's bodies or this black sex or this black woman is about like bestial, just carnal, full out, less loose, or as we keep saying over and over again, and shout out to Dr. Regina Langley because she's going to be on the podcast soon, but to use her phrase, why we use black women's body to take out the issues, take out our issues on their body. Yeah. I mean, well, to an earlier point that you made about experimentation, there is this idea or this concept, this stereotype that black bodies are stronger. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, we, you know, we, we've pain. heard about even, and right, I was going to say we've heard about through slavery how, you know, black women weren't given uh, anesthetics when they were having um, 
abortions performed or, or certain type of surgeries performed, like, you know, they would just go straight in with the knife or the scalpel and do what they're going to do. And it's like, oh, they can yeah. handle it. There's actually a classic story. And it's so funny. I just watched a webinar on this this week of uh, a black slave master who was trying to prove, prove that black people had thicker skin and just whipped this black guy to death. Right, cut up, kind of cut up his skin and everything, and was able to show to other white scientists at the time that and prove it that uh, black people can tolerate more pain. You see that with black women in Marion Sims, uh, you know, a butcher of black women in the 1800s who was supposed to be one of the pioneers of mm. gynecology. Oh, I mean, yeah, that I think is all tying into you know black sex and 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 how we perceive black sex. You know, given that pain, I mean, I think a classic book anyone can read, and I've mentioned before, Martha Hodes, Black Men, Black, White Women, mm. Illicit Sex in the 19th Century, does a really great job of uh, mm-hmm. covering a lot of this. Uh, and I cite that book before, and I probably cite it again on the podcast because it's just a book that everyone should read if they want to dive deep into this topic. Uh, so let's just kind of switch gears here. What is the hope for Black people who have been fetishized? who are maybe fetishizing, or maybe even fetishizing ourselves, but also to other folk who are listening to this this podcast, what is the hope for looking at black sex in a way that allows people to revel in their self-love? Now, you mentioned you don't mind being fetishized. Can you say a little bit more about that in the context of self-love and this, this hope that we're talking about? Yeah, I mean... Um... Without saying too much, I feel like I'm black where it counts in in that way, and <laughs> when is when that's validated, yo, it feels good. I'm black where it counts. You know, it, is that in the accounting room? It, if, if is it, that in the mathematics, <laughs> the history of the ancient Egyptians building pyramids? Uh, uh, carry carry the two. Yeah, 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 that's black that's... where it counts. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, <clears throat> at least let me say this. At least at least in my mind, I feel like I am. So. You know, obviously that's subjective, um, but when that is validated, it feels good. You know, I had talked about last episode, uh, a woman who who told me that I digmatized her, just to give it some context, like she was non-black. And she used to say like, oh my God, I just love your big black, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like it was, it, it felt validating. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, maybe that's something that I need to be introspective about, like why I needed that to feel validated. But um, regardless, that's the feeling that I got from it. And I feel like it it definitely helped me to, re- I mean, I don't want to say revel in self-love, but it was just something to feel good yeah. about. You know what I mean? I, I can say as a person who's gone through a lot of issues around sexual abuse, there was a period in my life where I was just searching for a reason to feel good Mm -hmm. about myself. And to someone who maybe hasn't walked in my shoes, they may feel like, well, you needing that specific thing to, to feel good about yourself is not healthy. And that's fine. They can say that from their perspective, from, you know, uh, from their point of view. But for me, it it was, it was, it was, I guess maybe out of desperation, whatever, I was receiving whatever I could receive, whatever I could get to make me feel good about myself. I needed it. And so this was just something that I felt like, yo, it feels good to hear things yeah, like that. Sure. Now here's what I will say. It did not make me seek validation 
outside of my community. I mean, I still think the majority of women yeah, I've no. been with yeah, are black. I mean, big on the and, and they have not said anything like that. They not haven't used big black. You know, they might have said something else. But it's, I mean, it just felt good. It, it feels, and I don't know why men need that kind of validation. I don't know what it is about feeling like you are well-equipped um, to pleasure a woman physically or sexually in that way what it is about that that validates part of our manhood but it's real i can't i just yeah, can't yeah. deny that you know what i mean so um that's i will say for me you know it, it's it's kind of helped yeah you know it's really kind of upped the game in, in terms of self-love like i now when i do mirror work you know i spend a, a good amount of time looking at the joint and being like yo you function the way god intended you to function and and you know, regardless of what anyone else thinks about you, you're big enough. You're enough. You know what I mean? You I, like that's necessary for me. Mm-mm. And so I continue to do that. And and it's helped be some of the things that I've heard in the past. Like they'll come up when I'm doing mm-hmm. my mirror work. And it's like it just it yeah. feels good. It feels validating. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I think when we talk about self-love and, and hope, one of the things we have to do is be good to ourselves. So I've said it before on the podcast, anti-blackness is not a white people issue or a black person issue. It's an American issue. It's an American issue, yeah. We Mm -hmm. have all been trained, black people included, to be anti-black. The the thing is that it makes it worse for black people because we are black. We're the ones with that label. So there is no distance that we can put between us and black people because you are the black person. There is no distance you can put between yourself and and the monster because you are the monster. So... It's this classic story of the monster hating itself. Now, black people are not monsters, so you know that's not what I'm saying. But that type of energy of being labeled, ostracized, chased down, hounded, um, exploited for whatever the you know the powers that 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 monster have. You see in these class these classic horror films, or in some of these you know um, novels like Beowulf and um, you know uh, I would say historical stories is some of what I think black people go through and how they navigate self-love. And I think you have to understand that I have a tendency to fetishize the black body just like anyone else. I mean, to me, when you see a sister with just a dope body, it ain't got to be a big video vixen body. It could be a nice athletic body. It could be a woman who is, quote unquote, perceived overweight. It's just her beauty shining out. You know what I mean? Um, Everyone from a Felicia Rashad to uh, whoever, I can't even think of anyone's name right now, Agree, summer, keeping in the, the you know that 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 mm, world. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just something beautiful about those bodies, but there's a tendency because of these tropes, we're not immune to them. We're still human beings, and so they're out there. We're constantly being hit with them, just like I would say other folk are being hit with them. And so you're drinking it in, just like everyone else is drinking it in. The problem is you just do it to yourself, and you do it to others who look like you, and it creates this vicious cycle of interaction and expectation that could be damaging because we all know fetishization ultimately robs someone of the ability to present themselves how they, how they want to be treated on the terms that matter mm-hmm. to them and their humanity. So I think part of the self-love right. and hope is be good to yourself, but also work on yourself and learn to embrace yourself. So be good to yourself, work on yourself, and also learn to embrace yourself. And I think that's where we can learn to really see the power of black sex be transformed out of just something that's pornified to something that is imagining for people on their terms. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let's can we can we take a second to just like 
call out some some beautiful black people. Like I just I really feel like we should round sure. out the conversation just kind of celebrating some black uh, You mentioned Felicia Rashad. I used to love Debbie Allen. Debbie too. Allen. Uh Crease yeah, Crease Erica correct. Alexander. Jasmine Guy. Mm-hmm. Um I love Lizzo's energy, just Lizzo. Um mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah, definitely. Let's let's big up some of the guys too. Morris yeah, Chestnut, Tay Diggs. You know what I'm saying? Facts. Um, Shamar Moore. We've heard these names yeah, thrown around. him on the baby. Michael B. Jordan. Come on, Creed Three. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Jonathan Majors. Um, mm-hmm. Journey. So, uh, she was in uh, Smullet. Smullet. Yeah. Journey Regina Smullet. King. Regina yeah. Hall. Mm-hmm. Yo, so, yo, Regina King. Oh, Regina bro. King. Two two seven. Oh. How, how can we forget Nia Long? Yo, son, two two seven was the first time I saw Nia Long and fell in love. Two two seven, she was on she was on an episode in two two seven, bro. First time I saw her, I was like, oh my god, I, like who yeah. is this girl? I mean, to me, like Jack A, I love Jack A mm, growing up. Yeah. I mean, damn, she was just like <laughs> sexy to me. Just her energy was just always out there. Robin Thede, uh, Quinta Brunson, of the whole yeah. cast of mm-hmm. Black Lady Sketch Show. Um. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Simone Simone Biles. Simone Biles I think is, oh, she's yeah. incredible, she's incredibly gorgeous. Uh, uh, no, just like so great at, I think displaying the champion mindset. The whole thing about smiling. She's like your champions mm-hmm. don't smile. Like yo, she's right. dialed in, dialed in. Serena, all the time. Serena, mm, yeah, Venus, Venus too. Venus as well. Facts. Yeah, Venus too. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of Rihanna. Rihanna. Can't forget about Rihanna, Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of uh, some others. Naomi Campbell, Tyra. Oh, yeah. Facts. Grace oh, Jones. Oh, Grace Jones. I was thinking about Grace Jones yesterday, man. Mm. You're not gay. <laughs> My brother's gay. That over there is gay. He said, you want this pussy? Did you get this pussy? Oh, Yo, Conan man. the Barbarian, too? She was She was, She was. was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh even even Eddie Murphy, he's always had like a, a really good Oh yeah, he's always been look. smooth. Yeah, shout out to Eddie. Yeah, mm-hmm. Eddie. Um I'm trying to think of uh, other other uh, notable, notable uh just like you said, just beautiful black people, period. Michael Jordan. I mean, I think he really made being dark skinned a yeah, thing. Yeah, I think so. The bald headed black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't even sexual, it was just like achievement oriented. Like you could be a bald headed black no, guy. No, it was definitely sexual. Like when you when you heard when he came on Oprah, the way that I those women that. were like Hooping and hot sun. Yeah, Yo, no, Oprah? Was thing. Oprah? Oh, okay. Yeah, no doubt. So, so as we wrap up. Um... Yo, what the hell is that about, son? <laughs> the fuck? I, I, we're celebrating. That's what I'm saying. Oprah, this is really um, Yeah, 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 yeah. I love, I'm love trying to, let's get just a couple kidding. more. A couple more out there. Just a couple more. Because I know we got we to gotta wrap up. Um, Her? Her, the singer, know, Her? Bro. Mm-hmm. She's just got such a cute. Yeah, her thing. Prince. Yo, I mean, he he did make it cool or acceptable to be kind of Andrew. Yeah, he, I mean, he he brought a different vibe that I felt that really and just was his own and was respected for being for being on his own and for uh, being in his own lane. Mm-hmm. Marching to the beat of his yeah. own drum, and I mean that that really wasn't a big. Narrative in the eighties for men to well, it was, but not for a black dude with his background. Same thing with Morris Day. I think Morris Day brought his own vibe. It wasn't obviously as associated with the feminine side of things or the feminine energy as much as Prince's was, or Prince was interpreted to have. Mm-hmm. But Morris Day, I just think, 
like being so groomed and so you know pimp pretty yeah 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 exactly yeah <laughs> but i mean coming out of that disco era though a lot of those guys yeah were, yeah yeah they were they, they were me- metrosexual right? they yeah. weren't effeminate in in their presentation um in their personality but their presentation was excuse me um the barcades and you know what was the group that dr dre was a part oh, of the world world wrecking, um, yeah, the wrecking well, yeah, crew yeah, yeah. yeah like they like a lot of them Talk had the, the, the long yeah, hair yeah. the curly hair or yeah so it's like coming out of that era it was kind of big, but I mean, these are all examples of black beauty that yeah. we should highlight, that we should celebrate. Sally Richardson uh, and just um, enjoy. Lisa Ray. Oh wow, Sally Richardson. Lisa Good Ray. God. Lisa, everybody's favorite yeah. diamond. Everyone's favorite diamond from the Players yeah, yeah, Club. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, how do you how do you feel about uh, including? Oh well, yeah, of course, black folks. I mean, I think we are. Yeah, I mean, have, Alicia Keys, okay, a bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just just black people. Naomi yeah, Osaka. Naomi Osaka. Yeah. Shout out to her. Mm-hmm. Also, also, baby on the way. Facts. Uh, wow, I forgot about that. Kiki oh, Palmer. Kiki Palmer. Yeah, Kiki. Palmer. You know what I love about Kiki Palmer? I just, you know, <laughs> I know the episode's to end, but I'm just gonna keep going. You know what I love about Kiki Palmer, yeah, man? It's it just the way she's innovated. Her her character work, the way she when you watch her Instagram, her social, her character work is so mm-hmm. freaking good, and just like her whole persona about how she develops these characters and puts them out there, man, it's just really I, I just I just I love her work, man. I really enjoy her work. What I appreciate about her is, and I mean we could do an episode on this later, but the fact that she's a child star that did not go down the path that a lot of yeah. child stars yeah. end up yeah. going. Shout down. out to her, her team, her mom, if, her family and her. Mm-hmm. You, you know, who is going to be super bad. And I hate saying this cause I think she's only like 18. Uh, who's homegirl from uh blackish. Marseille. Marse- Marseille Martin. She is going to be. Oh, I mean, but I I mean, she was like the youngest executive producer, I think, in Hollywood. So I'm when I've seen her, I'm like, yo, if she's able to maintain and 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 just stay the long game with building out what she's building. I think Mm -hmm. she could be possibly when it's all said and done, one of the major underwriters of the black film, black TV, black visual media era. So I have a I have a, I have yeah, a, I have a, a sure. professor friend who said that he thinks the ways that black people innovated music in the 20th century, they're going to innovate visual media, TV, and other for types sure. of visual media that will come down the pipe as well with new inventions and new technology. And I think that mm-hmm. Marseille Martin, if I'm saying her name right, please forgive me if I'm butchering it. Marseille, Marseille, yeah, Marseille. Marseille, Marseille, Marseille Martin, Martin mm-hmm. um, will probably be someone who underwrites that because she has the time and she has the age and she has the experience. So shout out to her. Uh, Tracy, Tracy Ellis Ross. Ross, Jada, 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 Jada. I mean, it's too many to really, to really name uh, black people, regardless of gender. Just the beauty of the black experience uh, is diversified. Issa, Issa diversified. Yvonne Orgy, Orgy, Yvonne. Shout out to Yvonne. Um, Facts, YV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, so many, so many things. And so many people to spotlight, and I hope that there'll be. We, for, we forgot one. 
uh, Jamie Jamil Owens. Shout out. Uh, Shout out. Right <laughs> Shout out to Jamie Jamil Owens. <laughs> Take a second to celebrate. Yo, that's, yo, that's that mirror work. As long as you don't whip out your members, Back. start talking to it in front in front of me no, on the podcast. That's, that's not that's not happening. That's that's not happening. <laughs> I said it's for the mirror, not for the podcast. Uh, uh, let me shout out my man Heath Maxwell, uh, and another example of black beauty, black intelligence. Yeah, love, I love you too, you, brother. Love you too, brother. Thanks everyone for listening. Check us out on our socials at Love God Love Sex Pod, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and of course, email connect at uh, lovegodlovesexpodcast.net. Till next time, guys, take care of yourselves. Remember, work on yourself, embrace yourself, love yourself. That's the hope of your future. Take care. Peace.